Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. We are joined once again by Mr. Jeremy Dice, religious liberty lawyer at First Liberty. Thank you so much for being here again. Great to be back. Thanks for having me. I love your tie. Thank you. Uh, and are you just saying that because I'm not wearing a tie? Is that what you're doing? It's an indictment against it was, us. Yeah, it was. It was. Well, you're not wearing one either. Just so you know. <laughs> I was going to say it feels like another special guest is here because <laughs> Super Gear has been gone so long. Yes. Well, thank we you. We actually forgot that you were on the show. Yes. And so it felt like it was mm. just a special it's guest. Like four days, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I am that incisive, uh, insi- insightful that you want to necessarily. And you're going to notice when I leave. How was your vacation? Uh, I can't remember how to speak. That's uh, number one. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. And uh, I'm back for a few days and excited about that. Yes. To leave again on Monday and not be here for Memorial Day. So, oh, great. I thought you meant you were excited to be back. Oh, no. Oh. I'm excited that we're, cl- very, we're close to Memorial Day. <laughs> okay. What's the top story? Uh, I want to talk about uh, things that are really important but boring and why we have to occasionally focus on them. Oh. Mm-hmm. But, so we're going to be bored when we listen to we, you? I'm going to try to bore you. Okay. I'm going to do my best. Not, mm-hmm. okay, all right. I, I couldn't remember how to do the show, and that's not <laughs> it, is it? It's the other way around, isn't it? And that's obviously the biggest uh, story of the day, because I'm going to talk about something really boring, too. Okay. Uh, boring, but important. Ah, you guys are mm-hmm. killing me. <laughs> well, I'll save it for you, because I think mine is both exciting and important. Ooh. So wow. it, it, we're going to be talking about what we call the holy water case, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Oh, all right. Can't wait. Uh, first, we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. Now Stu is back, and I can uh, use the phrase that I like to use for American Financing, which is that they are smart enough not to do business with Stu. <laughs> that is true. I was uh, going to buy a house, and I did talk to American Financing, uh, along with about 10 other mortgage companies, and found, I narrowed it down to them and one other company, and I wanted to do kind of a different I, I, it's like a, 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 a different type of mortgage. Uh, some would call it a scam or a loan shark. Uh, but no, it was, uh, you know, it was closer to uh, the irresponsible loans that caused the housing crisis. And uh, they were like, yeah, we don't do those things. Uh, we kind of saw and learned. Um, but they actually, I thought what was interesting about it is they actually told me to say, look, I know what you're trying to do here. And that's not really what we do. Uh, so, you know, if you want that deal, I think you should go with the other company. And it's like a com- for a company to be able to say that to a client is... You know, despite what Sarah would say, that they just didn't like me. Uh, you know, it's a big thing. You know, and it's a lot of it's because they're on the salary. They don't have to worry about the commission situation. So they don't mind if if, if they think you can do better somewhere else. They'll 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 send you there. And I got to say too, they really had the best you know overall deal. I mean, they really did. Uh, so. They're great people to work with, and I would def- definitely recommend them. You can go to AmericanFinancing.net, or you can call 800-906-2440. All right, Stu, mm. bore us. Okay. Uh, so they just did a thing about the highest priorities uh, for the election. And, of course, obviously at the very bottom almost all the time is climate change. It's always, always last, even among Democrats. Well, I mean, that's surprising which is, to yeah. me because we are going to die in 11 and a half years. We are. So you would think that it would be yeah. higher as a priority. Oh, that's right. Um, but at the second to the bottom was global trade. And global trade is an incredibly boring topic that pe- people, you just say the word tariff, and you should watch people's eyes glaze over. Um, I think it is actually really, really important. And we've talked about it before. I mean, you know, global trade and, and free trade has been one of the biggest things driving billions of people being lifted out of poverty. I mean, it's done, it's, a, it's been a miracle worker, really, in, in many ways. Um, but it, it's, it's interesting because it is kind of back in the, in the, in the conversation. Um, and uh, it's something that we kind of, I thought, had sorted out for a while. Like, I mean, and it's, it's interesting to see how the media deals with it. Um, 
so let me take you back now to uh, to kind of set the stage here to an incredible documentary you may remember from about 20 or 30 years ago. And you'll know this piece of video very, very uh, well. You've definitely seen it before, but you may have forgotten what they were actually talking about. Let's watch this. In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, the Great Depression, passed the, anyone, Anyone? The tariff bill, the Hawley-Smoot Tariff Act, which anyone raised or lowered, raised (laughs) tariffs in an effort to collect more revenue for the federal government. Did it work? Anyone? Anyone know the effects? It did not work, and the United States sank deeper into the Great Depression. Now, if you're watching that clip, wow. you laugh. What well, you laugh about, of course, about the, the blank stares at the teacher. <laughs> and that's the point, right? Like, the, this speech is specifically designed to be the most boring speech possible. But what it's actually about is the fact that when they raised tariffs, it pushed us deeper into the Great uh, Depression. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's funny because I think a lot of these topics, and I think this happens with so many different things, um, the economic arguments for trade are pretty freaking boring. I mean, I, you know, like, it's just like, and who wants to talk about whether tariffs are being raised or not? But there is that sort of exciting part of it, which is like, you know, war with China, right? Like there's this other side of, of, the, uh, of the world and we can go back and forth and we can elevate it to this, this situation where, you know, it's us versus them. And there's this, they're taking from us and, and we're losing the trade uh, disputes and you know, the, the, the trade deficit is getting higher and higher and higher. We have to take, I think, at times back up and say, what is actually going on? Donald Trump is not saying, hey, I've got five you know, pizzas for you and I'll trade them for your six bags of dog food. Like, that's not how global trade works. Global trade works by individual people and companies here in the United States and in China entering into mutually beneficial contracts. Right. Like they're they're looking at the entire situation uh, and saying this will be good for us. And they are saying this will be good for us. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting to a situation where governments are stepping into the middle of that process um, and you know, I think Donald Trump has done a lot of really good things. I, you know, I mean, we could, I would love to talk about some of the stuff he's done in the courts, which I think oh, a lot of it has been great. Yeah. I mean, you know, even on the lower courts and, and religious liberty, I think he's been a really positive um, uh, influence on that, which is, I don't know that I would have necessarily believed that at the beginning. Like, I, was, I, was, I probably would have been definitely a doubter on that one. Uh, but the trade thing he's really stuck by, and I think, it, you know, so far he's kind of uh, been able to to shield us from a lot of the damage of the trade stuff because his other economic policies have been positive. Um, you know, I was thinking about it as like, if it's like a football team, a football coach that just doesn't really focus on special teams. Well, if your offense and defense are good enough, like people are going to kind of not, you know, they'll be able to brush that off, but eventually it starts doing real damage and you start losing games. They're now saying, uh, you know, the, the Chinese are preparing for a long drawn out fight. They're saying they're, you know, they're hinting that they're going to start um, threatening uh, withholding rare earth minerals, which, again, is there a more boring phrase than rare earth minerals? I don't I don't think there is. Uh, but again, that's really important. Though. It is really, really important. It's all of our technology is, is, is you know, we need this for, for for the entire new economy, basically. So, I mean, I. We, there were some good signs as well where Trump, uh, while I was gone, um, uh, signaled that he was going to get rid of the, the tariffs with um, Mexico and Canada on uh, steel and aluminum. Mm-hmm. And I know you're really bored and I could bring Ben Stein out here to talk about it. But these are good things. Like if we can kind of go down that road and hopefully get over this hump. I mean, can, can you imagine what this economy we're doing if we didn't have this stuff going on? 
And there is this, I think, a path to um, it, it makes you nervous. You know, like you, you start playing with this stuff enough, the, the overall economic success gets into danger. And then you're talking about a possible possibility of a President Joe Biden or a President Elizabeth Warren or President Kamala Harris. If, the, if he loses that economy, it's a real threat, because if you look at the way Trump, um, you know, Look, Trump's a very divisive figure. I think a lot of that's by his own design. He likes that sort of, he likes those fights. And a lot of them can get, kind of get you pumped up, get your base pumped up. But the guy's got, you know, an approval rating has been about 45% this entire time. Um, and if he loses that economy, which is the one area of approval rating where he really does well, even among moderates, even among some Democrats, he does well on the, his, his handle of the economy. That thing starts to crumble. I mean, we could be looking at, uh, you know, this would not be the bad part of it, but a Native American president in Elizabeth Warren. You could be talking about one of these people from the left who is a, could be a real danger to the economy and do longer lasting damage. I would just hope the president comes to a point where he says, like, all right, we've done this. We've, we've gotten, they can work out some deal, get what you can get, and let's, let's turn this engine back on. Yeah. Pat, you want to weigh in here? Uh, you know, it's, anyone? 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 Anyone know the effects? I think it's hard for a lot of uh, the American people to understand why this is a bad thing yeah. or that it is even a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing is we don't talk enough about what the alternative is. So how do you fix, how do you fix the imbalance with China? How do you fix the fact that nothing is fair in this relationship with China? I mean, they're going to continue to uh, price American products in China completely out of the market where Chinese can't afford them. So... Yeah, I, I, I think that's true. I, and that's kind of what I was talking about when it comes to looking at this as like a, a big country trading with another country. It's like if you are a country, a country that needs to do trade, you want to import products, you are making that decision whether you think it's fair or not. Mm-hmm. You are, not the government. You're get able to do it. You're, you're your own company. And you get to say, you know what, I'd rather have it from Bangladesh or I'd rather have it from Mexico for a little bit more or rather have it from America for a, a, a lot more. Way probably. more. <laughs> right. Like that is, you know, your decision. And I think a lot of times... We get the government in the middle of this to try to manage it. Like, if something is unfair, then people will, don't have to do business with China. No one is right. no one's required to buy yeah. a Chinese mm-hmm. product. You get to, as an individual company, make those decisions. And if you think it's not fair, then then you don't. You know, you, you can get it from somewhere else, with the exception of rare earth minerals, which you can't really get from anywhere else. They're rare. Yeah, they're very rare. <laughs> and, uh, so I just think that there's a. Uh, focusing on it less on, you know, hey, this is a big country and we're going back, like, you know, lowering a trade deficit. I mean, we've seen over and over again economically that makes no difference. It's actually usually a bad sign if, you, if you're winning the trade deficit. Um, it's just not, not the way that works. So I, I, I hope that there's a, hope there's a path we can just get back to it. I mean, I, I think Trump, it's one of these things he really believes, so I don't think he's going to be yeah. moved on it very easily. Yeah. I, another thing I think we need to do is, you know, there's the control of the language, you can control the culture. And one of the things we need to do is talk about what a tariff really is, and it's a tax on consumers. Yeah. It's a tax on our on the products that we're going to buy at the at the grocery store and elsewhere. And so, if the American people could look at it as if you know, if you're in favor of a tariff, you're in favor of a tax on the things you're going to go to the store and buy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. I just quickly, in, in yeah. income inequality, they make this argument all the time. Modern, you know, when it comes to American, uh, you know, dealings, like the Democrats say, hey, it's unfair. These two things are unfair, and you guys mm-hmm. aren't doing it right, so we're going to step in and increase taxes to make it fair. It's the same argument with trade. And, and, and for whatever reason, now Republicans are making it. Uh, I mean, and I think it's just because there's these passion sort of issues 
over these China giant, you know, Republican, Democrat, Trump, you know, China, U.S., all these big things. When you think about the little things of what these transactions are, they're really positive. Yeah, Jeremy, last word on Hey, I, I love the fact that we brought in Ferris Bueller to talk about <laughs> a really important topic. I one time used Ernest Goes to Camp to describe a religious land use situation, so we're tracking <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, look, this is a boring topic, and most Americans are with you, Stewie, or Pat. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys. You have <laughs> name tags next time. Yeah, uh, but there, what is a tariff? Nobody knows what that word is. It's like one of the last vestiges of the 18th century that we keep using yeah. in mm-hmm. our common language mm-hmm. nowadays. But you're right, it is a tax, and it's something that we ought to be very cautious about imposing upon for the exact reasons that both of you have said. Uh, I will say, though, that I think in one positive sense, at the very least, what I, I my gut tells me the president is attempting to do, whether this is the right thing or the wrong thing, he's trying to reset things yeah, in true. terms on, on the global mm-hmm. stage, but especially with China. They've clearly engaged in some mm-hmm. very dubious activity with mm-hmm. the American economy. I have a good friend actually right here uh, down the street, as a matter of fact, who's got a business that's going to take it on the chin, frankly, with these tariffs. But he's, he's even saying this is needed, this is necessary, wow. this has to happen wow. for the future of the rest of our businesses. This needs to be reset. And so for that matter, I, I, I'm in support right now, but let's not let this get out of hand because that could be a real problem. Yeah, and I mean, if you look back through history, you know, tariffs really, even if, if you could try to make the argument, well, they may have helped here, well, overall, you know, they've always ended up hurting, you know, the economy more than it's helped anything. Well, so. let's not forget that this is still kind of in the beginning stages. Mm-hmm. The, the trade talks are still, yeah. no one's pushed back from the table. There's just been a bit of a, hold on, status quo is no more status quo. We've got to have a reset here and figure out where the leverage is. And I think this has provided the, the necessary leverage to have those talks. And I think it's starting to work. All right. Well, we will see. And uh, when we come back, we'll get to the next boring topic from Pat. (laughs) We'll be back. And I'll try to make it as boring as possible. Oh, good. Thank you. Downgrade. Thank you. I'll say it in a month. All right. So next spring, there is a really amazing cruise taking place um, along the eastern Mediterranean. And I believe, Stu, you're mm. going on it. I am going on it. They've allowed me on the ship. I can't believe... I mean, that seems like that would be a, a setback for them to Seems to me that all of your tickets. commercial pitches are just making fun of me, <laughs> which I don't understand exactly how that happened. Um, yeah, no, it's... I mean, I am definitely the lowest uh, piece of interest on this trip. I'm going just because don't I think it's going to be amazing. You just, you're the one that was encouraging that be- behavior. Uh, no, but I mean, uh, Glenn's going to be there. Bill O'Reilly's going to be there. David Barton's going to be there. Uh, Rabbi Lappin's going to be there. Um, but really, none of the people are the, uh, are the real attraction here. We're talking about going to the foundation of basically everything that's made us a civilization, from faith to commerce to everything. I mean, it's, it's Croatia, yeah. Italy, Croatia, Italy, Greece, mm-hmm. Israel. Israel. I mean, it's going to be amazing. I think it's two weeks. Um, uh, but I mean, and on an amazing wow. ship with all the amenities and lots of good Italian food. And just all of the history mm-hmm. that is in all of those places. So and it's Italian 14 food. days. Okay, and, and Italian, Italian food. food. Mm-hmm. Real Italian food, like from an Italian cruise company. Like, for, we're going to take it from but, Italy. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> so Stu is looking forward to the food. Yes, maybe. But everyone else can look forward to all of the history uh, that you can see there. And what a lineup of people to see it with. These are the history buffs. I mean, can you imagine going to Israel with Glenn Beck? He's going to talk your ear off about every single thing. Yeah, he's going to be asking Rabbi Lappin questions is what's going to be happening. Oh, and yes. Barton, those yes. Two are be yeah, they're just all going to be. But, but, I mean, who better to spend that time with? And we're doing 
doing shows and stuff too. Uh, so it's, you know, there is a lot of cool interaction. It's going to be a really cool trip. Yeah, that's awesome. So you can go to comesailaway.com to learn more. There's a bunch of different details and different packages that you can choose from. Bring the kids, bring the grandkids, and uh, find more information out at comesailaway.com. Pat. Another boring topic, you said? Yes, the Electoral College, which I think people's eyes glass over when you mention oh. those two words as well. But it, Do you it have is, a Ferris Bueller clip to explain it? I don't. I don't. <laughs> so you win. <laughs> and I'm done. Oh, okay. Um, it, I don't know if people understand how important the Electoral College is. It, if They don't if, understand what it is, yeah, I think, to yeah. begin with. And it's it's. It's critical to our survival as a republic. If if we get rid of the Electoral College, you, you may never have a Republican voted into office in a national election again. Um, because the Democrats control virtually all of the big population centers. And those will be the only places that matter anymore in, an, in a popular vote. Um, we, we, I've got a map to, that uh, this is really kind of cool how they illustrated what happens um, if we get rid of the Electoral College, uh, and there it is. And by the way, Nevada, as it just says, just voted for the uh, national popular popular election. So they are the 16th municipality. So 15 states and the District of Columbia have all voted this way now. This is getting 16. scary. They're at 195 electoral votes. They need to get to 270. Wow. And then you can do away with the Electoral College. Um, but you see the influence of California, Texas, Florida, and New York, and then all the dwarf states mm-hmm. that are just virtually non-existent almost, almost uh, don't matter at all. And uh, that would be disastrous when for the I, United States. When I first heard, who was the first one to do it? Colorado or so, some someplace I want to say maybe it was Colorado, but the first the first place that did it, you know, you think like, oh, OK, you know, whatever. You guys are mm-hmm. trying to make waves and uh, get some publicity and settle down. Nothing else is going to happen. And now it's really taken off. It's starting to get a little bit scary. Now it's 15 states and D.C. It's pretty serious. Yeah, and the important number, too, is is the electoral vote count, which we think is 275. That's 270 for to They're up to 195. Right. And so they do have to that's get terrifying. through a couple of red states to get to 270, which would not, is not going to be easy. But, I mean, the way they're doing this is it constitutionally it says that basically gives the states the rights to how they award these electoral uh, college votes. So they're not going to necessarily abandon the electoral college they're just right. going to they say won't, they won't get a constitutional amendment right, no. to undo the electoral college they're just going we're to just say do an end round uh, whoever end wins the national it. popular vote we give our electoral vote college votes too yeah. um, so it would nullify essentially the electoral college um, and it's pretty it's Smart. pretty scary i mean even more than republican versus democrat it would be city versus rural i mean it would you'd have candidates who would only campaign to cities you'd have candidates mm-hmm. there would be no reason to go why are you going to go to a farm what, what what does a farmer matter in that situation nobody's going to to Iowa no, anymore. Right. No, no one cares. Or New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, South Carolina. So it really would do severe damage and would make it mm-hmm. so, you know, the, all of the policies would be based on, you know, city what, what people in urban areas want, which, I mean, it's just, you know, that's the reason why they came up with this is to protect specifically against it. And this is sort of like an end round around the uh, Electoral College. Yeah, Jeremy, you want to I think it's just the Sour Grapes Act. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they've had a couple elections in which the popular vote has not resounded mm-hmm. with the Electoral College, and that's it. We, we, we obviously can't win by just the popular vote anymore. We've got to go and do something else. Well, there's a good reason why that restraint was put there by the 
by the founding fathers is to say, you've got to go talk to everybody. You just can't talk to your friends. And you can't just be the most popular kid on campus. You've got to go get the people who may actually disagree with you and convince them as to the rightness of your position. So this has worked really well for our, for our let's remind ourselves what we are, our republic. <laughs> yes. Wait, we're not a, we're not a democracy? Yes. yes, we're a democracy within a republic. And this is part of that republicanism that we find ourselves in today. And that's, an, I mean, that's what's really passing from our scene right now is less the electoral college and socialism and uh, tariffs and whatever other boring topics out there, <laughs> but the boring, important topic of structure of our government. Mm-hmm. This was a beautiful thing. It may be the very worst Brilliant. form of government, but it's better than all the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not a coincidence, Pat, that um, they've stopped teaching history, really, yeah. and now all of a sudden these things are happening because people don't understand why they were put in place. Nor is it a coincidence that they continually call us a democracy because <laughs> they want to beat that into people's heads because they're trying to bring up you know, a direct vote on a national basis um, for president of the United States. And they fooled the people pretty well into thinking that would be a great thing because everybody thinks democracy is great. Mm-hmm. Well, democracies fail. Yeah, well, let's, let's point that out because uh, actually it was just this week that Anthony Kennedy, the former, the now retired justice of the Supreme Court, was, I can't remember what event he was at, but he was lauding the virtues of democracy and, and kind of mm-hmm. poo-pooing Plato and Aristotle and those who had come up, or kind of disparaged the principles of democracy. He says America can do it all better. Well, really? Because I seem to remember this vote that took place in California that, that the Supreme Court through nine justices and really only four or five of them decided to invalidate the vote of millions of Americans on the issue of same-sex marriage. That's not a democratic principle at all. Mm. That is an oligarchy Mm. at that point. So there's, again, a reason why we put our structure in place to say, yeah, we're going to run things through a democratic process, but we're going to create an actual system, a a government that that rules things. We will hold them accountable through the democratic process, and there's where the democracy comes in. But we're not a pure, directly to the people type of democracy, and that's exactly why. Nor were we meant to be. We're not supposed to be. Amen. All right, back in a minute. Is that a print? Jeremy, I know that you have got uh, a case that you're going to tell us about that is going to be super exciting right. and not boring. <clears throat> Sorry. But uh, tell us about uh, First Liberty. Well, First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to defending religious liberty. We work to defend religious liberty within the houses of worship, within our military, the public square, and within our schools as well. So all we do is go around the country suing those who are the right people to sue for giving grief to those who are trying to freely exercise their religious beliefs. As one good example, we're waiting right now for the Supreme Court to issue a decision. Um, we represent the American Legion. What it was a great client to represent before the Supreme Court of the United States, right? We kind of went up there and said, Your Honors, we represent the American Legion, and we rest. Uh, <laughs> the American Legion built a, uh, a memorial to World War I veterans back in 1925 is when they erected it. It was actually the brainchild of some Gold Star mothers who in 1919 wanted to erect this to the 49 sons they had lost in Prince George's County, Maryland from World War I. Uh, some atheists believe that that memorial, because it's in the shape of a Celtic cross, mimicking the gravestones of the men who were buried, uh, remembered by, by this memorial, needs to come down. In fact, the Fourth Circuit even said, well, maybe we should just chop the arms off of this memorial and that'll solve the entire problem. Mm. Uh, we think that is absurd and certainly not what the Establishment Clause requires of us all. And so we've made that case to the Supreme Court. And our hope is that by the end of June, when they go on recess, 
we're going to have an opinion that brings some clarity to this area of the Establishment Clause that Justice Thomas has repeatedly called is in hopeless disarray. And it's very difficult area to practice. But at the base minimum, we've got to preserve, preserve that memorial uh, to those in, I mean, look, that's just miles away from Arlington, mm. where if that memorial's got to be knocked down, so does the Arlington, or the, uh, the Argonne Cross, the Canadian Cross of Sacrifice, the Tomb of the Unknown has to be erased mm. because of that language on the side of it all. Even Ted Kennedy's gravestone is a cross, and that might have to be knocked down mm. over there. And that just sets a bulldozer loose across the country doing these things. So... We're not going to allow that to, ca- to happen, but that's just one of many cases we're working all over the country right now to preserve and defend religious liberty in this country. Uh, I appreciate the the ballsiness and just being like, yeah, we sue people who should be sued. <laughs> that's it. Because a lot of people might want to tiptoe around that whole, like, well, we're, we sue a lot. You're just Look, like, our no, we sue them. We don't our, care. Our forebears fought a war. We can at least go into court. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I can't wait to hear. This case happened in Texas. In Magnolia, Texas, right? And it, and it ties in perfectly with what we've just been talking about. But it's much more exciting. <laughs> hey, so you got to tune in at blazetv.com. Make sure that you are a subscriber so that you can hear this. Uh, and we will be right back with you in overtime. Bueller. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Before we jump back into the conversation, I want to point out some headlines that uh, we've been seeing. One is Mark Levin's press press bashing book number one three days before its release Uh, another one was cnn's brian stelter takes a jab at mark levin's new number one book before he even read it Uh, this book was just released yesterday it was it was already causing a stir before it was even released Uh, mark levin our friend mark levin here at blaze tv is calling for a reformation in the media and it's all in his new book Again, it was just released yesterday. It is called Unfreedom of the Press. If you have not ordered your copy, you can do it now wherever uh, you know you buy your books, local bookstore, Amazon, wherever you get your books, order your copy now. It is called Unfreedom of the Press. All right, Jeremy, tell us about this Magnolia, Texas case. The city of Magnolia is a lot like a lot of towns across the country. Um, they've had years of making some bad decisions. And so they thought the growth would happen over there, but it actually happened over there. And they invested all the infrastructure over here. And now they can't get any money back from it all. So they are penny poor. Uh, they have no tax revenue coming in. And so they're trying to figure out, okay, what else can we, what else is moving that we can tax, right? What else can we do to get some, some money coming into the city coffers? Well, they decided to look around and they said, well, we've got all these churches here. Well, we can't tax them because they're tax exempt, right? Meaning they're exempt from taxation. You're not allowed to tax these people. So they said, well, we don't have to tax them. We'll just we'll just put them in a class of people who have to pay a higher water fee. <laughs> and so we'll recover the money that way. And so the churches went from paying one certain rate to now paying three and four times the water rate that commercial businesses are paying for water. Wow. And it's now forcing these churches in Magnolia to make some really hard decisions. You know, do we feed the poor this week or do we pay our tax oh, water fee in the other week, right? Do we shut people, shut the water off on Sunday morning so we can't fill the baptismal? You know, imagine Baptists trying to, you know, mm-hmm. baptize people now without any water that they've got to pay for just to do that. 
uh, or do we or, or do we go ahead and pay the fee? And so we filed a lawsuit. In fact, we actually did a couple things. And I f- thought this was funny. We got a we were in the press earlier this week, and the city was all upset. Well, we've never been sued, served by this lawsuit. It's like, well, it's funny because we sent you a letter back in December saying correct things, or we're going to sue you. <laughs> And we filed a lawsuit about a week ago now, and you can read it at firstliberty.org. It's, it's pretty interesting. But uh, we've said basically, look, you've, you've engaged in a substantial burden on the free exercise of these people's religion. You've got to give us some justification for why you're skirting around the tax laws to impose what amounts to a tax on these churches. And the, and the amazing thing to me is how many churches around the country are calling us now and saying, yeah, we got the same problem over here. Gosh. Cities are just intent upon trying to drain you full of whatever way they possibly can of, of, the, of the funds that you have. And it's especially egregious when you think about all the great good that churches and religious organizations do. They literally clothe the poor. They feed the poor. They care for people in their hardest circumstances. Some of these churches were among the first to help with Hurricane Harvey down in Houston. Mm. I mean, these are the people that alleviate significant burdens upon our infrastructure and upon our country. In fact, one study has shown to us that they that, that churches provide something like 1.7 million annually, regardless of the size of the church, in terms of economic growth, just by what they provide for free. Uh, and on top of all that, don't forget, how do churches survive? Well, they survive by the donations or the tithes of their members. Well, now the members are going to have to either up their ante on that to be able to cover that loss, or they're, they're going to just have to make decisions about, you know, again, do we, do we take care of kids that don't have a hot breakfast and, and provide them with that breakfast or not? Uh, that is a position that no church, no ministry should ought to be put in ever. But this is what we're finding right now. And it's all due to the fact that they decided to well, frankly, mismanage their town. And they're trying to make up and recoup for that. All we're asking for for these churches is just treat them equally. Treat them fairly like you would just the commercial businesses for that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, you're paying, you're, they're charging three and four times what commercial businesses have to pay for water rates. Now these churches are trying to ha- are having to absorb that as well. Uh, and we're not going to stand for that. Well, I mean, I, for one, think that uh, it's about time that we charge more to the ha- hate mongers yeah. such as the churches. Yeah. They're, they're, yes, they're bigots. Uh, so what was the, like, the, you said the certain class of business they decided to jack up the water rates on? Yeah, like, they put what? them into a, a, I think they called it an institutional class or something that they kind of created a new class. Mm. And here's the crazy thing. They put not only churches in that class, they put in school districts as well. So the local ISD down there is also in that same class. And so the school district is now paying a higher water rate on top of this as well. But it's really, to me, at least, uh, maybe it's just my bias, but I find it significantly more egregious that they're going after the churches there for using literal holy water to, to have to pay now for that holy water privilege. Yeah. Taxing holy water. That's, that's amazing. That's an amazing statement. And of course, it all comes down to, uh, you know, the government is not good at picking winners and losers. Like them predicting where growth is going to come and they shouldn't be involved in that in the first place. So they screw that up and then they have to come back and screw this up too. It's, yeah. uh, and I, look, I'm sympathetic to the city. They've got to operate in some way, sure. but this is not the way to do that. When you're talking about to, um, <clears throat> you know, you guys take on cases all over the country, but... It kind of is disheartening to me. I feel like things um, like this and, you know, just religious liberty cases come up way too often in a place like Texas. Yeah, they do. Unfortunately, it's either here in Texas or in any other parts of the Fruited Plain we find ourselves at. Here's the good news on, on what we do. Um, for instance, this group of, I think we have eight churches, if I remember right, that we're representing down there in Magnolia. They're already burdened enough by this tax. They shouldn't have to pay an attorney to vindicate their civil rights. Mm-hmm. And so thankfully, we're able to provide that service pro bono. 
And the way we work with is we work with top law firms around the country, major law firms that, um, you know, Paul uh, Clement and, and uh, Ted Cruz was one of our volunteer attorneys before he became, you know, Ted Cruz. Mm. Those are the kinds of attorneys that they're donating their time to here as well. We represented a church down in, in Houston in the Fifth Ward. Uh, that was the, the uh, Ernest Goes to Camp reference down yeah. there, actually. And, and the, the city was taking their property where they had like a prayer garden. And they wanted to take it and put in a, a dock in the box kind of thing across from their church. Uh, because that church had actually done so well at revitalizing that neighborhood, the city wanted to come in and grab the property. Well, we said, no, you, you just can't go and do that. And so we brought in a massive team. This church couldn't afford the, the, the attorney in the back of the phone book with the apologies to those guys. Mm. Uh, they, they, needed, they walked into court with like a dozen attorneys on their side being able to say, no, the city of Houston, you're not going to be able to do that to us here. So look, firstliberty.org is where you can learn all about these cases. They're phenomenal cases that we get to work with some of the most incredible clients in the country. Uh, and it all comes down to, you know, whether or not the promise that the founding fathers made to us that you're going to be able to freely exercise your faith is going to be kept into this generation and into the future. Well, if, if First Liberty Institute has anything to do with it, yeah, we're going to maintain that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, we really appreciate all of the, the work that you guys are doing. Um, Pat, the American Taliban is set to leave federal prison this week. Tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I think we've forgotten what happened with the American Taliban and that he was responsible indirectly or he didn't actually kill the, but I uh, forget his first name, the CIA agent Span. Oh, yeah. Um, and the, he, he was a traitor, mm -hmm. committed treason, um, responsible for, the, for a life, lost life of an American citizen. And now we're already letting him off with early release, and there's really no explanation as to why that's happening all of a sudden. What was his charge that he was in prison for? Like, what, did, what was he ultimately charged with? Do you remember? I, it wasn't treason. Right, right. Um, we just never use that one anymore. When there's, yeah. It's hard to find a clearer case than this one. Right? Right. <laughs> it's like treason doesn't exist anymore in this country. Well, it doesn't right. because, no, I mean... The people who run the country, you know, largely the left, don't really, they're not patriotic. They don't care about the country. They want to let in the uh, ISIS wives into the country. I mean, it doesn't get more unpatriotic thank, than thankfully, that. Thankfully, you know, we have Donald Trump in office right now because if anybody else was in office, I, I think this ISIS wife would be allowed back in this country. Well, I mean, she, they would because that's yeah. what the left, that's their talking points is that it's very mean and uh, cold-hearted to not let these ladies back in here. They just made a mistake. It was just an oopsie. <laughs> it was just oops. an oopsie. Yeah. I was calling for the death of Americans and uh, saying that you should... When you drive by them, you should shoot them. Ah, I mean, darn it. who among us hasn't gone through that phase? <laughs> uh, but it's, the, it's the oopsie exemption. It's right there in the law. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's in the uh, uh, the separation of church and state. That's right. right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, in, it's in the back in the, hidden, there, yeah. in the hidden ink. It's actually yeah. in scripture, too, in Third Hezekiah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I, I think there is that. There's a, this is not uh, legally speaking. Um, but there does, like, to me, get to a certain group of crimes that, like, you just, if you do them, you just never leave prison, right? Like, I always yeah. say this about, about John Hinckley. It's like, right. if you're shooting a president, whether, like, at the time you weren't really in your right mind, I just don't feel like that's a good excuse. I just feel like forever you should be somewhere where you can't be around other people. Uh, this one's one of them. If you're going to be, you're going to join the Taliban. Like, I just like that's such a lapse in judgment. There's I no feel take like backs from that. There's no take back. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, all right. What was yesterday's yesterday's poll? 
I, don't, I can't even tell what, where yesterday's poll was. What are, okay, the corporate press has become partisan and politically motivated. Can it be saved? 89% of you said no. Wow, they're no, doubting Mark Levin's new yes. book. Uh, yeah, I know that is a weird thing to have at the end. He is. Uh, well, first of all, I like I, I like the uh, the subtle capitalism there in the, in the poll. That's very solid. But I mean, like, yeah, that, I assume that's what Mark is doing there. Yes. Right? He's giving an actual answer. You know, his last book was great on this when it came to, you know, uh, like an actual constitutional convention to solve a lot of these big problems that we've been hanging around with. Uh, what's it? Liberty Principles, was it? I can't remember. The, I think that was the name of the book. But anyway, that's a really great one. I, I can't wait to read this one. I want to. You know, we're going to talk to him, I think, next week. Mm-hmm. No, we have radio him on the show. show tomorrow. And we have him on tomorrow? Okay, yeah. great. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before we get to today's poll, we have a Blaze Y comment. Pat, this is this is for you in reference to a story that you talked about, the pregnant man. Mm. Quiet Storm said, even when the Red Cross asks even the Red Cross asks for your birth gender when donating blood. <laughs> Even the Red Cross has to ask, what is your birth gender? It's pretty crazy what we're going through right now. Um, the guy who, who got pregnant, um, supposedly he's you know a transgender man, and he, he just gave birth to some, and he's encouraging men uh, to not think that they can't give birth. To, they can get pregnant, and they can give birth. And i just like to say, no, they can't. <laughs> if you're a man, yeah. I'm sorry, no, you can't. I will say this too. Like, I, there's a lot of things out of female life that are pretty cool, like free drinks, for example. Getting me, oh yeah, but like giving birth is not one I want a piece of. Like, that's, <laughs> uh, that actually seems terrible. It, it's it's not. Uh, Maybe you can it's speak from not very fun. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't choose to. No, just... I'm sorry. I made an assumption that you were a woman. That's uh, true. Oh my well, I am identifying as one today, so okay. you're safe for right. today. Ooh. Tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> Get back with me tomorrow on that. But again, it's the science denying of yes. the left. It's like the Babylon Bee article that says the man identifies as a woman long enough to voice an opinion on abortion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that about sums it up. Uh, all right. Today's poll. Did you watch Robert Francis's CNN town hall last night? Bob Frank? Bob Frank. No, Bob, Bobby Frankie. Anybody else. Yeah, no. He's in trouble. There was he a town hall? is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. Well, I did see the, the highlight that I saw, and this will tell you a lot on social media. The only highlight that I saw from his town hall was that he actually got a new shirt. Because, no, you know, no, you see really? him in just the blue shirt. He was wearing a white one. Wow. wow. That's a big difference. Yeah. He also was calling for the ban of all semi-automatic weapons, mm-hmm. which would be which a would include handguns. minor I, issue huh. with the Constitution mm-hmm. there. Uh, huh. but, uh, so it only banned almost all of the, of the guns that out there? That people actually have in use, yes. Right. But other than that, it's fine. Well, it's fine because you could still have your little... Western style. Yeah, you can revolver. have the cowboy shooter. I guess you can have maybe a shotgun, a pump action shotgun. There's oh. like, it's about it. I would do a hell of a lot for shotgun sales. A Revolutionary <laughs> War musket. Yes, you can have a musket. You could still have that. So what I'm thinking is, uh, Robert Frank is backed by Big Shotgun. Yes, that must be what it is. Expose this. <laughs> All right, uh, Jeremy. Thanks so much for being here again, thanks and we will see you guys tomorrow. Uh, that's an amazing. It's an amazing. I mean, I can't do the news anymore. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.